Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast, the premier podcast for age-defying skincare wisdom, proudly presented by Yangu Skincare, the world's first biohacking skincare brand. We are here all about unveiling the fountain of youth within each cell, promising real and enduring beauty transformations. I'm your host and CEO of Yangus, Amitai Eshe. In this episode, we are thrilled to feature an extraordinary guest. His name is Mark Young, personal friend of mine. He's the visionary CEO of Rise Agency. Mark's life reads like an, an anthology of ventures and adventures. Entrepreneur, educator, author, and philanthropist, each title only scratches the surface of his multifaceted persona. With a life motto of do everything, Mark is, an, the, is really the epitome of a life fully being lived, uh, embodying the curiosity and the zeal that define the true spirit of biohacking and wellness. Mark's educational pursuits are as diverse as his professional ventures, marked by an enviable collection of university degrees. His education into American Mensa on a mere dare is a testament to his boundless intellect and daring nature. But what truly distinguishes Mark is his profound commitment to his clients, a devotion that transcends the ordinary, ensuring success that's meticulously crafted and authentically delivered. Our connection with Mark goes beyond admiration. Rise Agency, under his stewardship, is the branding powerhouse behind Yangu Skincare. Witnessing Mark's harmonious blend of a vibrant lifestyle with impeccable self-care reflected in his radiant skin and robust health is both inspiring and enlightening. And that is why we invited him today on the podcast to talk a little bit about how to achieve all of that and still obviously take care of your skin and your health. Before we unveil the secrets behind Mark's dynamic approach to life and skin health, let's take a moment to appreciate the words of one of our cherished listeners. Tanya is writing a good overall podcast. You learn a lot without being overwhelmed. The host has a nice energy that isn't overboard that keeps your attention. I'd like to see a podcast about rosacea, and that's actually why I mentioned uh, rosacea in last week's Q&A at the end of the episode. I will keep, keep listening. And then she says, I'm stupid or is it me? I don't know. But listen, the, the, the review is very nice. Thank you very much. Highly appreciate it. And I'm reminding everyone that your insights and support are the lifeblood blood of this podcast. If you're yet to share your experience, please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you're listening to this podcast. Your engagement is pivotal in expanding our community and empowering more individuals on their biohacking beauty voyage. When now, with great excitement, let's dive into our conversation with the incredible Mark Young. All right, Mark, uh, welcome to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. Oh, I'm excited to be here, Amitai. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so obviously, you are uh, the person behind most of Young Goose's messaging. So if someone likes what we're doing, that's, uh, they have you to blame, and also if they don't. So, you know. Well, I'll say this. It's a lot easier for us. I mean, for those who don't know, I work with the marketing team at, yeah. uh, with Young Goose. And for those that don't know, like, 
Young Goose is an easy product to market because I'll say that, you know, marketing stuff that works is easy because in the marketing world, I always say we're a dating service. We introduce uh-huh. people to the first date. The product <laughs> has to work. Otherwise, you don't get a second date. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, the reason this kind of went, as, as you said before, this kind of went behind your back because uh, your team... <laughs> And myself, we were talking in, about the fact that you don't seem to age like normal people do. And uh, we invited you here to kind of to, to, to figure out how this can be applied to other people, to the general public, and, and, and to figure out your secrets. So there is an evil plan in all of this. Oh, good. Well, <laughs> I can't just say genetics and let it go. <laughs> <laughs> so really, let me ask you a question. I believe there are two types of people in this um, longevity, biohacking, health optimization realm. The first, the majority actually, and I think you'll agree, are people who had some kind of crisis in their life. They were like obliviously living their lives. They wanted to be better, you know, whatever that is, right? Better computer engineers and better whatever. And mm-hmm. then something happened and they found a a, a holistic or an alternative way to deal with it. And now they're, that's their life mission. Yeah. And that's the majority. The other side are people like myself who are just like big old nerds and really are drawn to this from the, from personal interest. So how would you classify yourself? Like, why are you in that journey, which you are, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to label you. You are, you're, you're definitely on the marketing, marketing side, but you are, super knowledgeable and super engaged in that space. Wow. Okay. So we're going deep on the first round. Yeah. So here's what I'll say. I'll, I'll give you a, a somewhat of a fun answer first, but then I think if I'm going to answer that, and let me set this for a minute, you scheduled this without giving me any information about what correct. we're doing. Correct. 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 <laughs> so anybody listening to this, that's, a, that, that's my disclaimer. So we're talking about anti-aging specifically, and obviously skincare, biohacking, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll laughingly tell you that growing up, I was raised by my Italian grandmother who taught us all that it was better to look good than feel good. <laughs> um, and I mean, the woman till her, to her dying death would say that it was a shame that she looked so good because nobody gave her sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> so it made kind of a kind of a good laugh there. So I definitely was raised in a family that that prioritized you know, the way you look probably much more over health. Yeah. It was really interesting, but I'll go, I'll go a step deeper to that and say that, I mean, first of all, for your audience, I'll tell you, I'm going on 50 years old, which doesn't even make sense in my head because I mean, to me, like I'm 35 and I'll be 35 for the rest of my life. Uh But I was, and I will say this and say that I I was the ugly chubby kid growing up. Wow. I was, I was definitely not the not the guy who got any attention from the girls i was you know and i laughingly enough even through high school like my best friend was the guy who got all of the attention and i was just like oh and will's friend um, <laughs> who's so, laughing now will no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but so so i will say that i never was that person so i never really prioritized because i never felt like i was mm-hmm. i will say that through a series of decisions I actually got introduced to a lot of people in the biohacking space. Mm-hmm. And part of that comes through marketing. That is, mm-hmm. I had met a company that was in the biohacking space that I was working with from a marketing perspective and, you know, understanding things. I remember back in the day going on the Atkins diet mm-hmm. 
And, you know, a couple of friends, we all decided we were going to go Atkins. And I was like, that's really interesting. Like exactly the the quantities and the types of food are changing total physiology. So it kind of, I became a little bit of the science nerd, right? Yeah. Because I was never the good looking one. I was the smart one in school. (laughs) So like the science nerd and me came out and I'm like, wait, this can be something else. As I had introduced to one company after another, and then Dave Asbury, and then I actually, I work on the marketing side, but I'm also the, I'll say the CEO, but really the, the managing partner at a biohacking company, which mm-hmm. is a company called Zona Health, um, which is a medical device company. So I've been involved with that company for many years also. I love the science side of it and so on. Yeah. But um, I'll say that the, the nerd came out and realized that we are, I mean, our lives are really the sum of our choices. Yeah. And to the extent that maybe there is some trauma, like you talk about those people in the category that, you know, had a had a life changing event, they had cancer, and they didn't want chemo. So they found some alternative medicine. Yeah, I haven't had anything that's that dramatic. But I will say there has been a change in the way this I'm going to totally throw things off here and say, by education, I'm a clinical psychologist. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting from that perspective is that I can I look at myself and say, like, my trauma wasn't a physical illness, if you will, but it actually was a, in some respects, I would say it was an emotional trauma. It was the never feeling confident, never being the person who felt comfortable in his own skin. And I think there's a lot of people who can relate to that, truthfully. Yeah. And I think that's in and of itself, that's its own form of, that's his own form of damage. Mm -hmm. Um, So I will say the way that I take care of myself today, the way that I'm very cautious about what I put in my body as well as on my body is a reflection of that. It's a reflection of wanting to be comfortable with myself and knowing what feeling good actually feels like. And I think there's too many people walking around today, probably not in our circles, but too many people walking around in the general population that they don't even know what healthy feels like. Mm -hmm. And because they don't know what healthy feels like, they don't know it's wrong. They they don't know that the way they feel isn't normal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, where I meet this is the the rare occasions where I'm going to drink or, you know, have some kind of radical sleep change, like, I don't know, having a baby or something like that. So (laughs) in those cases, I can really feel the difference. But I realize that someone out there is probably living that day to day and has no idea that that this is not how they should feel or that's the optimal way that, that they can feel. And I'll say this, this is going to be terrible because last night I was on a, I was on a plane. I was traveling yesterday and I ate Chick-fil-A. Uh-huh. I don't eat fast food. I, I don't eat it. I know better. I know the way it makes me feel. And I went uh-huh. to bed last night with Chick-fil-A on my belly going, I'm supposed to go tomorrow and talk with Amitai. <laughs> and I'm like, and I, I, I made a conscious decision knowing that this was going to make me feel bad. Uh-huh. And I know it makes me feel bad, but I will say that those of us who have that type of cognition, we know that it's temporary because our mm-hmm. decisions go back to normal tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you're right. I think there's people out there that live that way every day. They eat fast food for lunch every day. They, they eat that way. They don't exercise. They don't take care of themselves. And they don't realize the amount of toxicity uh, that exists yeah. in their own lives. Yeah, 100%. So for you, is it something that like nutrition, is it a big part of what you feel is a driving youthful force in your life? I would say yes, because I have and I think you feel the same way. And that is we all know, if you pay attention to it, your body talks to you. 
right? Mm-hmm. If you pay attention to the signs, your body tells you what it needs. Your body tells you what it rejects. Yeah. And I think over time, I think we all understand that. Like I know myself well enough, and this is going to sound really crazy. If I eat some form of chocolate, I will mm-hmm. have a pimple tomorrow. Mm, interesting. It, it's, it's the weirdest thing. And I would tell you probably 20 years ago, I, 30 years ago, I wouldn't have made the connection. Uh-huh. But like, I know better. Like I know exactly what's going to happen for that. You, I know the way my body responds to, to if I eat pasta. Mm-hmm. Like I just, my body doesn't like that type of carb, right? It's just mm-hmm. my body doesn't like it. And so from a nutritional standpoint in youth, I would say yes, because youth is not, and, and I know you know this, but it's like youth is not just how young you look, but it's, it's mobility. It's, it's the yeah. way you're, it's the way that your entire body functions from your, from your metabolism to, to your exercise routine, to, to skincare, right? It, yeah. It's all, it's all tied together. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, your body will give you the clues. Your body will let you know what's going on if you pay attention and listen to it. But a lot of that comes from scientific method, right? It's mm-hmm. literally going through periods where you deliberately eat a certain way just to see how that makes your body respond. And going through periods where you exclude certain items. Not, I, I usually never drink alcohol for a, for a month at a time and just go through an alcohol fast mm-hmm. just to clear clear my Mm -hmm. body of it, right? Just detox. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It reminds me of um, that interdependence. It reminds me, I remember being, you know, a teen starting to lift weights and, and asking someone, some gym bro, asking him, you know, most people, they really care about their arms or they care about their pecs. They don't really care about their legs that much. You know, they, they wear long pants. Why do they still, you know, train their legs? And he said, well, you know, your body, whatever muscle you want to, to show off, is going to kind of cap itself at a certain point if all the other muscles are not kind of caught up to speed. And yeah. that is that might be bro science. There is no, I mean, there, there's no real, real evidence to that. But it is true as far as like extrapolating to it to the entire organism, right? You can't be a sedentary human being and have the best skin you can have or have, you know, the best cardiovascular health or best, you know, whatever that is, the best set of hair, right? It doesn't, it doesn't compute together. Your body needs all of these moving parts to perform at its optimal. And it's true. And all of that stuff is interrelated. So when you ask the question, like, what's the secret to youth? And like, there is no one secret. There is no silver bullet Mm -hmm. that solves it. It's not, and no offense to young goose, but it, it's not even just a skincare routine that keeps your skin healthy because you can't eat like a garbage can and expect to have good skin because you use a good product. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, for sure. It's about exercise and and just, and I'm going to say people, people have a tendency to, when they think exercise, they think gym bro, right? It's Mm -hmm. this idea that like, you got to be lifting weight. No, I mean, exercise can literally just be mobility. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's, it's the, my 70 year old aunt who needs to go walk to the mailbox rather than drive kind of person. It's, it's the, mm-hmm. it's keeping that mobility, which looks different for everybody, for you. And for me, it, it I, I do hit training. You do jujitsu. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's a different level for us perhaps, but yeah. some people it's walking, some people yeah. it's, it's yoga. Well, to your point, Peter Atia, who wrote a fantastic book called outlive, which, you know, you can like Peter Atia, you can, you can disagree with him, but he is a very interesting author and, and doctor. And he showed a statistic that once someone uh, shatters their hip, you are actually, you can time their, 
deterioration. Yeah. I mean, very, 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 it's very predictable. And it has nothing obviously to do with, they didn't injure their heart. They didn't injure their brain for the most part. They didn't injure, you know, they don't have any skin damage, but we know how the rest of the body is going to follow because you lost your ability to move around. Right. Well, I'll add one, I'll add one thing to that because you know this, but the listeners wouldn't. And that is, I was up in Michigan last yeah. week because my aunt broke her hip, right? Which mm-hmm. is probably the catalyst for that comment even. Yeah. And she, she breaks her hip and I was talking with another friend of mine who's like, oh, and I, and I, I was like, yes, I know. Once you break a hip, you know, you're on the decline. And, and I said, I'm like, but here's, here's the one thing that I'll say to that. And that is one of the problems that happens when people break their hip is that the hip is not the catalyzing moment. Yeah. The hip, the hip is usually the symptom of something else was wrong, like mm-hmm. stability. Mm-hmm. Like there's something going on neurologically that's causing balance issues and the balance issues caused you to fall. And yeah. the hip was, was the byproduct of a neurological issue where the hip was the byproduct of something else going on. Yeah. And we look at the hip and then we connect that to the mortality rate when in fact there's probably something else. Now, my aunt, thank God, she fell on a patch of ice, which I think either one of us could have done the same thing. So I'm not uh-huh. worried that this is the beginning of the end because I think it's a little bit different from that. But to your point, you're right. When people start lacking mobility, when people start you know, on that decline, when they eat terribly, when they, they think that all of this stuff can happen in a vacuum, and I can overcome it with these six other things, like the people I know who eat like garbage, but they're in the gym every day. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. I mean, I'm glad you're in the gym every day, but you can't also eat like garbage. You can't, you can't train out your garbage uh, food. Yeah. We're, we're multidimensional beings. And, mm-hmm. you know, when someone says, and I, and I get people who say it, like, how do you, how do you look young? How do you stay young? Um, Cause I'll tell you what, buddy, like I'm on Facebook with a lot of people that I went to high school with and I'm not jealous of any of them. Um, <laughs> let's just call it what it is. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, people will ask that question. Like, how mm-hmm. do you, what do you do? And I'm like, it's not a thing. It, it's a lot of things. It's yeah. obviously I use young goose, <laughs> but, but cause I'm going to invest in that. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to make sure that I use a, a good product and take care of my skin, mm-hmm. but I'm also going to, I'm the guy who's taking peptides, right? I'm on the BPC 157 daily routine. Like I'm, you know, I'm taking the the GHKCU. Like I'm uh-huh. I'm doing those types of things because I now understand them. Yeah, um, very and, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And and but it's nutrition. It's I'm at the gym every day. It's like I don't eat like a garbage can. It, it's so many things pile up there. Mm-hmm. And I'll say say to to people who are not deep in that space the way that you are, or I am, or people in our circles. Um, I mean, I'm exposed to a lot more than the average person just because yeah. of where I spend my time. But the biggest thing that I would tell anybody who wants to, to move in that pathway towards longevity or find, you know, the fountain of youth, if you will, it's just start. Yeah. Like, quit, quit trying to draw the map all the way to the finish line and just move in the right direction, right? Like find a way to become more mobile than you are now. Find a way to eat better than you do right now. And that doesn't mean go buy garbage from Whole Foods. Yeah, you know, garbage is garbage, no matter where you bought it. But it is. It's find a way to stay physically active. Find a way. And by the way, I'm a firm believer that that you know we're three dimensional beings in that respect, and that is we can talk about the way that we take care of our minds, uh, you know. But in our bodies, obviously, we're talking about that. But there's a, there's a, a spiritual balance that needs to take place for people also. And yeah. I believe that part of a youthful body is 
having a, a spirit that's at peace and having mm -hmm. mental stability, whether that is through meditation or whether that is through through walking in quiet or whether yeah. that's reading or whatever the thing is that does that. It's not all physical. Yeah, um, that's very interesting. Actually, I, I, th that was my next question because I know uh, how much you do for us and, and your ethos is do whatever it takes. And that's why we chose you, for example. Obviously, we chose you for many reasons to head our marketing effort, but a lot of it is because your commitment to your clients how do you balance this, I would say, unwavering standard, uh, you know, uh, unwavering commitment, which obviously brings with it a lot of stress and a process where you offload some of that stress? How, do, how does that happen? Interesting question. And yesterday I was actually reading, um, I was on a plane and I was finishing Ben Hardy's book, 10X is Easier Than 2X. Yeah, I'm, li I'm, I'm, I'm listening to it right now. Yeah, and a great book. And, yeah. and it, you and I both know Ben. And yeah. obviously that's co-authored by Dan Sullivan. And I've known Dan for years as well. Mm -hmm. and, but there was a line in there that it, I've heard it before, but you know, sometimes you need reminding. And it, the, the line was, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Everything, yeah. And, and that hit me because some conversations that have happened recently, just over the last few days, even with my own staff and my own life, my friends. And, and I was like, wow, the way you do anything is the way you do everything like that. I, that, that so resonates with me because you, you comment about an unyielding pursuit towards excellence. You know, those are, mm -hmm. those are my words, not yours. Um, but, but it's true, but that, that goes for every time I step foot in the gym, my mindset is why be here if I'm not going to do everything. Yeah. You know, why show up if I'm only going to participate and not actually try to win? Mm -hmm. Why work with a client if we're not going to give them our best work? You know, why have relationships in your life if they're not genuine people? Like, I don't, I don't have time. I, I say this. I don't have time for nonsense, right? That's kind mm -hmm. of my phrase. And, and the no time for the nonsense is because I want things that are excellent. How do I balance that was your question. You know, how do you, how do you offboard some of the stress that comes along with that pursuit? Because that can be stressful. Mm -hmm. um, and that is... I will say that a phrase that I've often heard as well was aim for perfection, settle for excellence. Mm -hmm. And that is the way that you're always going to hit a target is to overperform it. Yeah. And I'll say like I was a musician much younger in life. And and one of the ways that you do, you over practice because come the day that you're actually on the stage performing, you, you're not going to, you know, you can't under practice and expect a perfect performance, right? You, you, yeah. you overrun, you overperform. And in my mind, I set goals that are in some ways unattainable. Like they, they seem ridiculous to some people. And every year at New Year's, everybody knows me. Like December comes around and everybody's like, so are you working on next year's goals already? I'm like, of course I am. And I keep them in my phone and I literally, and they can be ridiculous goals. Like one of my goals this year is to learn how to play the cello. Wow. And I have, I've never played a cello before in my life, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to play the cello this year. And I came home yesterday and literally my cello had been delivered and I dragged it into the wow. house. <laughs> and I'm like, because, because I believe in constantly doing something different and pushing myself into uncomfortable situations. You know what? I may suck at playing the cello and the neighbors uh -huh. probably are going to hate it, but I'm going to, I'm going to attempt it and I'm going to try to do it with excellence. And part of it is learning how to play the cello is not sitting at my desk at work. Yeah, it's it's not a conference call. It's not being at the gym. It's a total distraction that uses a different part of my brain. It it lets that left brain rest while the right brain takes over for a few minutes, and and it helps 
you mentioned the exercise, like why work your legs if you want to show off your arms? And it's like, because the brain too is only going to expand so much in one lobe mm-hmm. if you don't let the, if you don't let that one rest while you work the other one. Yeah. Um, so I find distraction. I love novelty. I love finding ways that I can get out of my daily routine. And to the same respect, I'm also a very disciplined person in that respect. And that is when it's time for me to go because the class at the gym that I want to attend, like I leave work. Mm-hmm. Now I may leave the gym and go back home and get on my laptop and finish what I was working on, but I'm leaving because I know that my mind needs this. And I also understand that from that respect, my clients need me to be at the gym. Mm-hmm. They, they yeah. need me to be balanced because if I'm out of balance, I'm not giving them my best during the time that I'm devoting to them. Yeah. Um, and that, again, it goes back to finding balance in all things. Yeah, definitely. That's very smart. Uh, you know, sharpening the saw type of uh, type of mindset where you're not only go, 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 you, you kind of need to have a sh- uh, sharp, sharper saw or axe before you, you hack on that wood. Yeah, definitely. I, I want to add one thing to that too, though. And that is for me, like a lot of people are like, but you need rest. Mm-hmm. I'm like I do. Like we all need rest. I'm not, your body needs that rest. But for me, I'm, I'm more of a, what I'll call active meditation is, is the reference that would be used. And the idea that I'm not good at just sitting, like yeah. I'm not going to sit and do nothing, which means I have to find novelty and find something else to do that challenges the other side of my brain, that challenges the other side of my body because sitting's not doing it for me. Like some people are good at just going home, turning on a TV, doing nothing. Like you won't find me doing that. Uh-huh. Interesting. Um, so finding other ways to challenge the other side of your brain, the other part of your body, the, the other muscle group helps, helps one rest while the other's working. Yeah. And actually, you know, Dan Sullivan does talk about, about that. Well, the, again, the uh, 10X is easier than 2X is, is an amazing book and, and I highly recommend it. And they do uh, talk about living in a mentality of, and that's another book, which is uh, Who Not What? which they're saying, you know, your mentality, it doesn't mean that your goals that you're setting are 100% attainable. It doesn't mean that if you do not attain them, then you have failed. But living in the mindset of what do I, who do I need to be in order to reach those goals, whatever they are, allows you, by the way, not even uh, compels you, but allows you to release a lot of the obligations you think you have, both, by the way, as a person and, and as a professional, in order to justify the the commitment or or the commitment to 10 times justifies the the letting go of a lot of the things that you feel like you have to do. And or, even for yourself. So Dan Sullivan talks about uh, spending 15 hours a week in front of the TV and saying, you know, is this is is this something that I really should be doing? And he broke down how many hours he gained a year, but this is really, and, and maybe TV is someone's meditation, you know, that can be, uh, I mean, my, my father is the, probably the, the best example to, to someone who applied themselves and succeeded, you know, one of the top engineers in, in oil and gas in the world. And he has to have his couple hours uh, a day of TV. So I, who am I even to, 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 to say anything, but yeah. Hey there, 
This is Amitai, co-founder and CEO of Young Goose and uh, host of the Biohacking Beauty podcast. I wanted to take a brief moment to share something really special with you, our dedicated listeners. At Young Goose, we've always been about more than just skincare. We are about cellular care. We believe in not just addressing the signs, but truly diving into the very source of skin aging. The reality is, as time goes on, our skin undergoes damage, and this damage accumulates, gradually leading to those signs of aging we all see and know very well. But what if we could hit the rewind button? What if we could delve deep, in, uh, not into the layers of the skin, but into the life-sustaining mechanisms of our skin cells? That's exactly what we're doing at Young Goose. We're pioneering a renaissance in skincare by employing principles from regenerative medicine. By rejuvenating and restoring the cellular functions, our products aim to rewind time, gifting your skin a youthful, vibrant glow. And for our biohacking beauty listeners, we have a special treat. Head over to younggoose.com right now and use the code PODCAST10 to get 10% off your first purchase. Discover the magic of truly transformative skincare. And hey, because we value our returning customers just as much, use PODCAST5 on your subsequent purchases to get 5% off. And the best part that this discount can be combined with subscriptions and our already discounted systems. So why wait? Dive deep into the realm of regenerative skincare with Young Goose and let your skin thank you. Remember, it's not just skincare, it's cellular care. And now back to our conversation. So I what I what I wanna kinda maybe end end in is how do you take everything that we spoke about as far as you know overall health approach to life at the end of the day you know the way our skin looks is 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 a representation of all of that and we, that's what we want really is to, for it to represent all of our hard work so what is, what are some of the things that yeah. you do uh to get your skin looking the way it does yeah i mean obviously i'll plug youngers but the one of the things i'll say to that a couple of things first thing is is that the skin is quite often um, and I will say doctor friends of mine will always use the, uh, the phrase that the skin is just showing you on the outside what's actually going on on the inside. Yeah. And that usually bad skin or anything that's going out, whether that's, you know, anything from yeah. a pimple to psoriasis or something along those lines, something's going on on the inside and the skin is just the way that we get to see it. Mm-hmm. So I would say that, you know, what do you do for, for great skin? Like one, obviously you can't discount genetics. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. a thing. I mean, some people just have better skin than others. And, you know, some of that just is what it is. Um, <laughs> but I think good skincare, obviously, good hygiene, obviously just taking care of yourself in the usual fashions. But I'll say that there is definitely something to be said for obviously nutrition yeah. because you can't have good skin and eat like a garbage can. That, that's, mm-hmm. that doesn't work that way because your body yeah. will push out and force out whatever. Yeah. But the two other things yeah. that I'll throw in there, and I mean, they sound so basic, so I'm not giving you some big science lesson, but the two other things that I'll throw in there, the one is get outdoors. Uh-huh. Too many people spend their lives indoors and it's we've created this culture of fearing the sun 
Uh-huh. And while we definitely need to make sure that we're not exposed too much to it and environmental toxins and all these other types of things, obviously, EMF included, mm-hmm. the reality is, is that we do need to be outdoors. We do need to spend time in the sun. We do need to have that grounding taking place. And the other thing is sweat. Yeah. Um, I don't think people realize how valuable sweating is. And I'll say not just from, you know, from an exercise standpoint, but the fact that sweat is the body's way of, of getting rid of gross toxins and everything else, right? Like that is your body getting rid of that type of stuff. It, yeah. That movement, that activity increases lymphatic drainage. And I don't think people pay enough attention to the fact that our lymph nodes have no way of draining themselves. Yeah. that we actually have to physically get involved in that process. So to the extent that we are able to, again, move, sweat, garbage in, garbage out, like it, I, I hate to sound terrible saying that because like, it's super important. And when I, when I say nutrition, I don't just mean nutrition in terms of what you eat, because I know we have recently had a conversation talking about how what you put on your skin becomes even more bioavailable than yeah. even if you were to take in the exact same ingredients orally. Yeah. Um, so it's it's the balance of making sure that not just what you're eating for nutrition, but nutritionally, what are you putting on your skin? And a lot of that relates to a lot of even over-the-counter lotions and over-the-counter shampoos and all this other stuff. Like we don't realize the amount of heavy metals, the amount of plastics and mm-hmm. microplastics that exist in these things. And I think too many people are aging themselves in some respects Yeah. because they're using toxic things and don't even know it. And, and, and yeah. I say ignorance accounts for a lot of that. People just don't realize it, yes. right? You, you go to the CVS and you see all the shampoo. How is the average person supposed to know what they should be using and what they shouldn't? Or, or you know, Dove comes out with a new soap. Like, okay, like how does somebody know what is or isn't good for them or not? And I think I, most people just don't. I 100% agree. And again, I, w- I was, I w- you know, I was saying before, you can you can use all the peptides, you can do all the um, all the biohacks you want, but at the end of the day, if you're if you're working uphill, if you're creating resistance, inflammation, you know, systemic aging, you are you're wasting your time and money. You really are. So the basics definitely are the most important. And I think someone like yourself that that is excelling at the at the longevity race as a side project, right? It's not your, your, your job. You know, it's m- much easier to have a good body if you're a, a gym personal trainer than it is if you are a gym member. I mean, it, it just mm-hmm. takes much more calculated and many more decision-making instances in order to get that six-pack if you are not literally working at the gym. Right. So, you know, to, to speak with someone such as yourself and to understand how a person with a very demanding career, with a very demanding set of standards, self-imposed standards, mm-hmm. can excel in that game, I think is, is, is very important. Let me ask you, Mark, you know, one of the reasons that we work with you is, is that is the understanding of, of the health journey. And, and a lot of the viewers of this show, of, of the Biohacking Beauty podcast, are people with businesses that are within that realm. And I don't even know, do you guys work with, you know, brick and mortar businesses and, and things like that within that, within the uh, health and wellness space? Uh, we do. We actually work with, with some brick and mortar. I'll say most of our, most of our sweet spot is actually mm-hmm. more in the e-com business mm-hmm. um, and growing 
Uh, we work a lot with entrepreneurial brands and in the biohacking space specifically, that's most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And most of them are these founder stories kind of kind of situations where it's I had a problem. Traditional medicine wasn't helping it. I found a solution myself. Like that's the founder story for so many of the of the companies yeah. in, in our in our circle. And really what we end up doing a lot of is really just working with the brand. Obviously, branding is a big, important part of that, but also learning that founder story and helping story tell through it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how do we work on it? And of course, you know, our team is incredible at, at what they do artistically and also, you know, scientifically behind the scenes. Yeah. But a lot of a lot of these types of brands are their connections to people. Your podcast here itself is a way for people who are Young Goose fans to get to know the person behind the brand, right? They get to yeah. see you, they get to see Anastasia and their personal connection. The world today is so small. And the reality is, is people who like people buy from those people. Yeah. So to the extent, um, you know, the tagline that we use in our agency is just simply relationships matter. Yeah. I don't want to work with people I don't like because I don't have enough time in the day to stress myself out like that. Um, and yeah. I like a lot of people, but I like when when people can gel. I like when I can come over to your house and have dinner mm -hmm. and we never talk about work. Yeah. Because you can just jive with people, right? You can, I think I just aged myself with that word. So that was the absolute <laughs> opposite of anti-age. <laughs> <But, laughs> yeah. And I'm 103. Uh -huh. but, but, but the reality is, is, Working with people you like, it actually, it helps you tell the story. It really helps you get to know that. And and sometimes we we work with brands. I've got a brand I'm working with right now that it's absolutely phenomenal science. And man, we just can't get their story right. Yeah. And it's because they don't know their story because it's a piece of tech. There's no story behind the tech. And they're like walking this line of, well, who's the face of the brand? And well, nobody is, but there kind of should be. And it it's a little, it's a little clunky. And that's a lot of what we do. So yes, we do work with brick and mortar. We deal with a lot of national brands. Our sweet spot is really in the natural health and wellness space. And I would say that I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there and say that's my fault if mm -hmm. there's a fault to be had there. And that's, it's what I enjoy. Yeah. I enjoy natural health. I enjoy natural beauty products. I enjoy that type of stuff. And because of it, I fast build relationships with people like you guys because we connect on that level and then everything else follows. So that, that becomes a lot of our, you know, speed of the leader, speed of the team. And what's funny is that our entire team, who many of them, when they came to us and interviewed for their jobs originally, knew nothing about this type of stuff. And now they all themselves have become these, you know, I'll, I'll, I hate the word, but I'll, I'll say these biohackers yeah. who, are, who are now learning that maybe I shouldn't do this and maybe I could do this. Like, so it's kind of funny to watch staff people over the years change their life decisions and, and the way that, that they engage. So that, that's pretty fun to me, too, because it changes their lives. I can relate. We had a, we had a meeting um, about a week ago, and that meeting was with our production team. So people who are dealing with, you know, bottles and, and boxes and, and deadlines, and uh, they're like, can you uh, explain to us the hallmarks of aging? Because they saw it on the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the new, you know, Youth Daily Youth Reset, we, we target the 12 hallmarks. So it's just like, uh, can, you, can you tell us what the hallmarks of aging are? So I, I relate completely to the uh, to that uh, self evolution that we that we impose by working in the in the in the field. It's so funny. Well, Mark, 
how do people, uh, well, I know the answer, but I want you to say it. How do people uh, get in touch with you? How do people find out if, if, they're, if they're a good match? Oh, yeah, no, no. I would love to talk to anybody who's listening to your podcast and, you know, just make new friends, truthfully. That's my thing. Build relationships first. And then if something else follows, cool. I can easily be, be found at myoung at riseagency.com, which is R-Y-Z-E. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell people I'm easier to find if they just email me at mark at dateyourclients.com. Uh-huh. Um, it's actually a book I published a couple of years ago, and it's literally the steps through dealing with clients is super similar to dealing with, with relationships, you know, romantic relations, very kind of cheeky, but easier to remember. So marketdateyourclients.com is probably the easiest way, or they can just call you and you'll, you'll introduce them. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck trying to get a hold of me these days, but yeah, sure. It's true. I'll just give him your cell phone number. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, well, Mark, thank you very much. Obviously, we are going to be talking again very soon between ourselves, but I really appreciate the, uh, the appearance on the podcast. That's a little bit of like a closed loop, uh, seeing the behind the scenes talk that we have all the time on screen. Right. It's pretty fun. Well, thanks so much, buddy. It was so good seeing you and having this chit chat and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, sounds good. All right, everyone. Bye. Well, that was was a great conversation. As we bring this episode to a close, I'd like to extend a heartfelt thank you to Mark Young for gracing our podcast with his present and invaluable insights. Mark, uh, your narrative is a vivid illustration of embracing life's full spectrum while upholding an unwavering dedication to personal growth and wellness. So we, we want to thank you for that. To our devoted listeners, I really hope uh, today's episode will serve you well, inspiring you to approach life with the same type of um, energy and inquisitiveness. And remember that the essence of what we're trying to do in, in youthful living lies in a balanced lifestyle. Anyway, I, I thought it was a great glimpse to uh, Mark's world. Now, let's turn our attention to the thoughtful questions submitted by you, our listeners. Remember, if you're eager to have your questions spotlighted on Biohacking Beauty, simply include them in a review on Apple Podcasts and uh, stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. So actually, the, the first question I want to answer was a question directed to me when I was a guest on Natalie Needham's podcast, Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. And the question was about a filler or an injection called Profilo. So Profilo, just for those who don't know, its primary mechanism revolves around its high concentration of hyaluronic acid, which is a substance naturally found in the body that maintains hydration in the skin. And here's how it works. It, it, it claims that once injected, Profilo distributes evenly across the skin, providing hydration and hydration improves skin texture and luminosity. What we find with most hyaluronic acid-based injections is the claim that it also creates bioremodeling. So the claims that it stimulates the production of different types of collagen and elastin, and that is because these two normally are tied in the body and the the production of those proteins, this collagen and elastin leads to the remodeling of skin uh, structure, uh, making it firmer and more elastic. And 
something specifically that is different with Profilo as, as far as like other fillers, which are hyaluronic acid based, it contains a unique composition of high molecular weight and low molecular weight HA, which is a newer approach of having two types of two sides of HA in one injection without any chemical cross-linking. So cross-linkage, we can view it as the hardness of the material. So if you remember really old fillers, they were very stiff and uh, newer ones are more fluid and that is due to weak, weaker cross-linkage. So here we have no cross-linkage. This combination allows to provide both hydration and structural remodeling. This is at least the claims. Now, what I think about it, as someone who's, who's interested in, in skin biochemistry, here is my approach. First and foremost, complexity of skin biochemistry. So the skin is a complex, or, complex organ with a unique biochemistry. The simplistic notion that that an injection of hyaluronic acid will uniformly rejuvenate skin and promote collagen and elastin synthesis really is overlooking the intricate interplay of cellular and molecular processes in the skin. And the actual biochemical impact of such treatments can vary significantly. Why is that? It first of all varies because of the inclination of the skin to create collagen, which is also collagen is created in relation to stimulation. So we're lacking the stimulation in this injection, and that could happen uh, naturally or because we're inducing some kind of stimulation by microneedling or anything like that. But that's number one. Number two, as we grow older, our skin produces collagen in a different fashion and elastin in a different fashion. And this fashion is less, hmm, we'll call it quality, but it really is the difference between not only quality, but the difference between the adhesion of each collagen molecule, if you would, to the other one in a matrix, which is more like a scar and less like a, a functioning matrix. So we actually are, we don't necessarily want to just increase collagen, but we also want to increase the quality of collagen created, which we're not doing here. That's number one. So number two is stability and degeneration of HA, of hyaluronic acid. So hyaluronic acid, again, is, is a naturally occurring molecule in the body, and that is constantly being synthesized and degraded, not only synthesized, but metabolized as well. The stability and longevity of injected HA, like Profila, for example, can be a concern, actually. Enzymes in the skin, such as, I mean, there are a lot of them, but just one that bears the name, which is called hyaluronidases, can rapidly degrade injected hyaluronic acid, potentially diminishing the longevity and effectiveness of the treatment. And that is that's something that happens naturally and, again, is affected by age. Number three is uh, purity and safety of the compound. So the production of hyaluronic acid-based fillers really has to be meticulously controlled to ensure purity and safety. And impurities or variations in the manufacturing process can lead to unexpected biological responses. I'm, you know, I'm from Israel originally. We actually saw it in Israel a couple of years ago, uh, including inflammation and immune reactions. So we need to make sure that we trust the person also injecting us. Not, on, not only that they know how to inject, is that they are very meticulous in the way that they store it and, and things like that. And we're going to get that kind of ties to my next point, which is lack of standardization in treatment. 
because the effectiveness of profilocan really depend heavily on the technique of injection and the precise placement of the product. But there is no standard protocol, which really can lead to inconsistent results and increase, increased risks of adverse effects since people need basically to wing it. And even if the company does have a guideline, this guideline isn't adhered to most of the time. And, and within that, we can look at the other side, which is the risk of overcorrection and dependency. So uh, repeated use of injectable products can sometimes lead to an over-reliance on the treatment. Well, in some cases, this repeated use, this continuous use might even lead to overcorrection where the natural structure and function of the skin are altered, potentially leading to a less natural appearance and long-term dependence on the product for maintaining skin appearance. So bear that in mind. And, and again, last but not least, the potential for immune response. Because while HA, which when I'm saying HA, I'm, I'm re- referring to hyaluronic acid, is generally well tolerated given the fact that it is it has presence in the human body, introducing high concentrations through injections can sometimes trigger an immune response, which can lead to inflammation and more severe immune-mediated reactions, which might be underreported or not adequately studied in the context of cosmetic treatments like Profiler, for example. So again, from my point of view, uh, my perspective, it, it's really crucial to approach treatments like that with a critical eye, ensuring that the claims made are supported by robust chemical and biological understanding and that the patients are aware of the potential risks and limitations. And I really want to, my two cents are, as far as like the uh, simulation for collagen production, is that it is, I'm just going to say it's BS. Not only that it's BS because we are not making quality collagen like that, but also because you can't claim an injection is more than a filler, or in this case, like a very mild filler that it mainly mainly fills by enhancing water retention. Once you're claiming that it is also a rejuvenating treatment, how come these results don't last after a certain amount of time? If you remember, I, I last episode, I, I spoke about radiofrequency and the fact that the claims are that there is a long-term effect of rejuvenation, but most people feel like they need to do it after six months again. And the reason is because the, the results that we're seeing are the results because of the inflammation and the swelling of the tissue. And when the resu- this is resolved by the permanent results, so one is resolved by the other. When th- this is resolved by the permanent, permanent results, which are a scar tissue, people don't seem to feel like that's much of a difference at all, and they feel like they need to do it again. So they're, what they are doing is the inf- they're, they're re-triggering the, triggering that inflammation response, which creates more scar tissue, and uh, that's not something that I think is a good thing. So another question, and that is a question from a good friend of mine, which her name is Lene, is why do we prefer one vitamin E and not the other? which normally in supplements isn't the one that, that I would choose. So the question is, why do we choose to use tocopherol acetate as opposed to other types of, of vitamin, for example, tocopherol, 
or tocotrienols. And, and the reason is tocopherol acetate is actually a significantly better skincare ingredient than other types of vitamin E. And first is because, because of the fact that we actually don't want to use uh, preservative systems around it. So tocopherol acetate is actually significantly more stable than tocopherol or tocotrienol. It does not oxidize as easily, which means that it can last longer on the shelf, on your shelf, on our shelf, maintaining its effectiveness over time. And this makes it a preferred choice in our formulations and many other companies' formulations. The second thing is actually skin protection benefits. So while both tocopherol and tocopherol acetate are known for their antioxidant properties, tocopherol acetate is specifically praised for its ability to protect the skin from uh, adverse effects of free radicals and UV radiation. Its uh, stability also plays a role in that because it's not only as a standalone, it's also over time. If I use a product over time, I'm going to get better results from using it since even, you know, six months into a product being on a shelf, I'm still getting the protection that I'm looking for. Number three is it's less irritating. So uh, some forms of vitamin E can actually be very irritating for the skin, especially in higher quantities or concentrations that we are dealing with at Young Goose. So tocopherol acetate is considered to be the least irritating form of vitamin E, which makes it a better choice for us when we want to supply actually, you know, effective amounts of it. Number four is efficient delivery form. So while tocopherol acetate is not active in the skin until it is converted to tocopherol, this process allows for a controlled release of an active, of active vitamin E, potentially leading to a longer lasting antioxidant effect on the skin. So this is why we're using it. I thought it would be interesting for, for everyone because we had this discussion. But in any case, I want to thank everyone for, for listening to today's podcast episode. If you're curious or seeking advice on your biohacking beauty journey, do not hesitate to reach out through a review on Apple Podcasts. We are here to navigate the path to radiant beauty. Thank you for joining us on the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. Until next episode, thank you everyone for joining us. And we'll see you here next time. Thank you very much. Thank you.